Good Gabs, sponsored by Skillskin, a nonprofit organization empowering individuals with disabilities through employment. Good morning, Good Gabbers. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, we have got an amazing guest today. He's the executive director of the Hutton Settlement. It's Chud Wendell. Welcome. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I'm honored to even be able to be here and have a conversation with you. Well, we're happy to have you. Absolutely. Well, Chud, so our listeners that don't know you, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Well, I, uh, as you said, executive director of the Hutton Settlement. I love it. It's a dream job. Uh, enjoy it. How I got there is an interesting journey. I grew up in the car business. Uh, my family's still in the in the car business. Uh, so I learned how all about cars, or should have learned all about cars. Uh, Wendell Motors, right? Yep, correct. And uh, and it was a great. I had a great career in the automotive business. Love working with the family. Uh, and then transitioned uh, about 15 years ago into real estate and did did a, a development, Northtown Square, uh, where the Red Lobster's on the corner. Yep. And I fell in love with real estate at the time, and uh, especially commercial real estate. And so that led me into a, a real estate uh, journey, a little jaunt in about seven, eight years. Um, and that took me up to, uh, I had some time with Kathy McMorris Rogers' office as her district director. Um, enjoyed the work, but what does a district director do? Ooh, I didn't know going in. <laughs> I don't know if I would have done it. If I, no, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed my time. Um, it, you know, you're coordinating, you're coordinating, um, in this case, the Congresswoman's schedule, her issues, her policies, trying to connect her with the community. So I learned. Okay. More so about- like, uh, when Skillskin, uh, we have something that we want to bring to the Congresswoman because we have conversations with her so that you would have been the person who would set that up? Yep. Okay, and, and it, that makes sense. And so it'd be talking yeah. to, to you or B, Brian Beeler or, and I did work with well, him. Well, it's definitely some, through Beeler, not me. <laughs> yeah. Well, it takes it takes the whole community to, to, to bring, you know, maybe a, 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 an issue up <laughs> and then turn it into policy. And that I loved. I love that. I think uh, Brian and I worked on a thing called the ABLE Act uh, and it came to law. And so there are a couple things that I was able on the front end to see to fruition. Uh, enjoyed it, but enjoyed it enough to where I don't want to be in politics. So <laughs> I haven't, so that's why I love what I'm doing now. It's not pol- political. Um, so that, that then the Hutton settlement reached out, um, out of the blue. I have no children's welfare background. I'm not a teacher, not a counselor. And they reached out and said, would you have any interest? And I will tell you, I did know Hutton settlement. My mom was on the board for about 40 years. 40 uh, was not on the time. Yeah. Not on the board at the time that uh, I accepted the position, um, but I was aware of it, and I knew the good work they did. Um, and the reason they so reached you're out, around the dinner table, and yeah, you you learned and it, heard about this for forty years. It was cool. She took me to board meetings out on the campus. I didn't know what she was doing in the boardroom, but I I knew I loved playing with the kids, and so you know, whether it was we go hiking or camping. Um, it was fun, a different type of introduction, but the real kind, because I got to yeah. see these kids. I got to, got to be one of them. And, uh, and so that was, you know, 30 years ago, 30, 35, 40 years ago, probably. And, um, but the reason they reached out to me is our funding model. So our funding model is all based off of commercial real estate. So we have a portfolio of about 22 commercial real estate properties. And so they wanted somebody that had a, um, had that background, had that experience in real estate. Makes sense. And then a heart for the kids, and I've always had that. Um, got it from my mom, and uh, and and one thing led to another, and here I am, seven years later, uh, and loving it. So tell us more about Hutton Settlement. I'd love to. 
uh, I'd love to. So Hutton Settlement, it was founded 104 years ago by uh, Levi Hutton. He was a true orphan. Um, when he was in third grade, he, had, um, he lost his parents and was placed with his aunt and uncle. His aunt and uncle took his education option away from him and said, you're going to work the farm. Oh, wow. And so he worked the farm, and from our understanding at a very un- young age, he thought there's got to be a better way for kids like him. You know, no, no choice of his own. He is left with, you know, a bad hand. And, uh, and from that point, we think a seed was planted in his head that uh, there's got to be a better way. Well, through hard work and, and uh, you know, led through a career for him uh, into the railroads. He was an engineer, took him up to Wallace, Idaho area, uh, where he met his wife. And he put everything he made with Northern Pacific Railroad into a mine called the Hercules Mine. Okay. Sort of the joke of the Silver Valley. But uh, he, along with the Paulson family, the Day family, they invested in it. He actually worked the mine when he'd get off the, the rail. Um, and... And what happened, like it was about seven, eight years after he, they invested in it, they struck it rich, rich in a big way. Like in today's money dollars, it's, uh, it was about a million dollars per month Wow. for 25 years. So net present value, yeah. think about that. What can that do to him? And uh, so here comes that seed that he had and uh, got to a point where, you know what? I want to build a home, not an institution. I want to build a home for kids like me that didn't have that option, didn't have the opportunities, uh, given a hand, bad hand just like he did. And so in 1919, he came out of the ground with uh, uh, the Hutton Settlement Children's Home. And it was a true orphanage at the time. Um, the kids they served at that time, about 80 in numbers, um, you know, lost parents, whether it was war disease, uh, you know, and just loss of life. They did not have kids. So, or yeah, we were just coming out of world war one at that point. Exactly. Yep. So it was a big time Spanish flu, you know, we went Mm -hmm. through the the pandemic and back then, um, there are a lot of lost lives, life's lost. Um, but so that was 1919 and what he did, which was brilliant. And in today's world, you think this kind of vision, where is it? We need more of this, but he wanted to create a mission of providing hope, opportunity and life to kids like him. In today's world, it might look more like abused, abandoned, neglected um, type kids that uh, that maybe have their parents alive, but are for whatever reason aren't able to care for their kids. So sure. here's an option. But back then, he wanted to create. He casted that. He casted, casted that vision, but he wanted to create a funding model that would outlast that vision, which is reverse. Usually, you you create a you create a vision. Right. And he tried to figure out the funding. Well, this, he wanted to make sure the funding outlasted it. So, well, that's why it's so, you know, powerful, right? It's, it's endowed. It's endowed and it's endowed in a big way. Um, And it's, it, it really is unique because it's not necessarily a financial endowment where you ride the markets. You're truly involved in the community as we manage these 22 properties, diverse properties, uh, where the rent goes right back in. And what it's done, I think one of the biggest things it's done is it's allowed us to stay true to the mission that he, he set 104 years ago. Uh, we haven't taken government funding from day one. And so we're not in a position where we're necessarily having to maybe change our mission a little bit to adjust to what the government wants. Sure. We're able to stay true to the, Levi's original mission. And I think that's one of our key successes that we've, we've, we've had. Um, and it's allowed us to, uh, to really serve those kids. Okay, so having you know that kind of uh, portfolio of commercial real estate then, um, you have an opportunity to, you know, you're in the markets, but you get to choose who you rent to too, right? So it's, there's the opportunity to connect in the community in that deeper way as well. 
it and is. they get to understand who the Hutton settlement is. It's you know, it's one, it is cool because when you go up and you know, and negotiations aren't fun naturally. You know, and you sit there. I and, love them though. I'm, I, it's my dirty well, secret. <laughs> I come from the car business, so I might like them too. All right. Um, and in the car business, you started MSRP. They oh, that's the high price. You know, that's us. We're going to sit there and try to get manufacturers stick the sticker price. And the customer comes in and wants, you know, wants to pay, you know, something much less than that. And somehow you're going to try to find the middle. Well, same thing happens in real estate. You start high, high dollar per square foot. And, you know, that tenant wants to come in and pay less. And so in this case, we'll sit there. With all the improvements. With all the tenant improvements. (laughs) You know that. And in our case, when you start saying, you know where your rent's going to go, your rents are going to put food on the tables of these kids that we're serving, clothing on their back, um, and sustain the, 104 year legacy that Levi created. And I'm not nine times out of 10, they're, you know, let me sign right there. And I can see why it's like yeah. they, they're giving in a different way. And right? You're not asking them for donations. You just say, Hey, fair price for the building that you're going to be in. And this is where the dollars go. I, I love that. It's, it's, it is. It, it, so it makes it easy. My job's easy. I mean, all I got to say is this is where I work. This is where your rent's going and Oh, sign me up. Um, so our properties range in, we have a, you know, we have a retail center on, Division and Wellesley, Office Depot, Natural Grocers, Shred are located there, Nom Nom Gas Station. We have office buildings, and those are fun. We have an office building where we really serve uh, uh, tenants that are in our world. Like they're therapists, uh, counselors, um, f- you know, focus on family type. And it, it's fun because then all of a sudden you see the synergies there between what they do and what we do, even though they're not connected directly to our mission. We have a lot of industrial properties. Good diverse set of you know properties in the Spokane market. Yeah, that's just so fun to be able to do that, and then it goes right to the mission. So now you know we're hundred plus years later. How many kids are at the settlement now? So when we opened the doors up, it was I mentioned eighty kids. Uh, we have four cottages. There, it doesn't do justice for these buildings. They're actually mansions, um, and uh, we have four of them. And in, in today's world, one of the other things that we're licensed with the state of Washington, and they require the kids to have their own room. So back in the day, if you were in a uh, living situation where you could have a sleeping porch, uh-huh. you'd have you know ten kids in there. Um, we can't do that anymore. So the regulations kind of changed how these how it needs to look. Exactly. So every child has got their own room. Um, capacity right now is forty. Um, we're we're around thirty right now. One of the things that we do, though, is it's not a short-term placement. Um, if a child's going to be placed with us, it's minimum of a school year, so we'll aim for a school year. Um, but typically, they're going to graduate high school with us. They all go through West Valley School District. So last year, for example, we had five kids graduate. Um, we had one girl. What's that, that was, commitment to that that part, like the long-term uh, health of, of somebody? It's it's transformational. Like it, it, it. So they come to us in a world of uh, they don't trust the world. They're in a deep, deep, dark spot. Um, they, they probably have bounced around in the foster system. They maybe have had a failed adoption, maybe seen their, their parents or par- parent go off to, to, to jail. And so they're in a spot by no choice of their own where the world's given up on them. So they don't trust when they come through the front doors, they don't trust us. Makes sense. Our number one job is to, to, is to start building security through attachment. And that attachment's a deep, deep work. And so the magic that happens at Hutton's are house parents. And our house parents, I don't know if I could do it. I've tried to raise three boys. I don't know if I've been <laughs> successful. These, these house parents are raising, you know, eight to ten kids um, that, have, that have had all kinds of trauma. And they're, they're there day in and day out. They're the, they're the morning. That's that rock. Yep, they're the rock. 
And so they, the stability they provide is critical to the, the healing and finding purpose in life and being able to trust and have security. And so, um, okay, that makes sense of yeah. like why the commitment for the longer period is like trust is a function of time, right? Like it mm-hmm. takes that time to build that and to help support that person over the long haul. Absolutely. Okay. It's not going to happen cool. overnight. It's not going to happen in 30 days. No. Yeah. Typically a child will come with us, uh, like their survival behaviors just to get by. I mean, these are what they do t- to get by, whether it's to get attention, uh, to survive, or, you know, lying, cheating, fighting, swearing, bedwetting, food hoarding. And, and through those behaviors, our house parents, have, all of them, 100% know Deep, deep down, there's inher- there's goodness within. Yeah. Every child's got goodness and infinite value. How do we how do we take that? Where do we get that? And it's not going to be one night, two nights. It takes time. And so typically, it's about a year's worth of uh, working through to where all of a sudden you'll start seeing them come out and they start trusting. Um, they start finding joy in life, which oh. is a you know, and I'll talk a little bit about that, uh, and purpose. I mean, everything's about purpose. And if they don't know where they belong in life, how do you, how do you find purpose? And, uh, so it's, 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 and those are big questions too, big right? Questions. We're, we're all trying to find purpose. We, every child that comes through the door, you know, it's a question Steve, I need to ask you, or two of them will ask, you know, what brings you joy? What truly brings you joy? And these kids can't answer it. They haven't experienced it. And the other question is, where do you belong? You know, where, where do you belong? Well, they, they, they have a generation in front of them that didn't show them how to belong. Right. Um, and, or they've been in a foster system where belonging was impossible because they're bouncing around. And so those are questions they don't, they don't know. They don't even know how to answer. But by the time they exit yeah. the program, they should, right? They should. Yeah. And so it's pretty cool. I share a story. Please. Okay. Uh, we want to know, right, good okay. gabbers? So I might tear up on this one because it's, it's one that hits home for me. Um, this, this kid was placed to us in middle school, um, failed adoption um, out of Ethiopia, um, adopted to uh, parents that, uh, from Kentucky, uh, if affluent um, and white. And, and there just never was that sense of acceptance. And so through the grace of God and, and miracles, they discovered Hutton Settlement in Spokane. And uh, this boy was placed with us. Uh, he went through the same survival behaviors, and he was struggling. Uh, he was going down a bad path right when COVID hit. Uh, and COVID hit. And it, one thing it did for all of us is it paused and put us in reset and, oh, yeah. and refocus. And in this case, he did. And, but the one thing he figured out is he had a little entrepreneurial spirit decided to go out on Facebook Marketplace. He's got Ethiopian roots, so there's some coffee uh, roots there and connections and a passion for, for that. But he went out on Facebook Marketplace, buys an espresso machine, knowing that we can't go to Starbucks or, you know, Rocket. And uh, $5,000 later, he's going, okay, I like this. <laughs> What's he do okay. with it? What's, and that was his money because it was his machine, and a lot of that 5000 was my one espresso at a time that I was buying from him. But he, uh, he, he wanted to go bigger and better. And he wanted to follow what Levi did. It's to create another sustainable uh, program. And so he drafts up a business plan. He goes on the SBA website, pulls out a business plan template, and draws up a business plan to roast coffee beans. And it was for this time, he's, he's a sophomore in high school, and it was pretty extensive for him 
needed some polishing up. And when he present, he took we went out to Churchill Steakhouse. He okay. wanted to present. He really put it. He put the. He wanted it. He wanted to put his best show on, and so he presents it to me. And I can't say no. There's no way. And so we said, yeah, but we got to figure the funding out. Right. Well, we went out. Big got, questions. We went out and got a grant from the Hagen Foundation, and it funded the whole the whole package. The biggest part of it was a roaster, a commercial roaster, uh, a price tag of about thirty thousand dollars. And so we we get the five funding. pound, ten pound. I don't know my coffee, okay. so it's. Big. I love coffee. Yeah. Just so you know, you got to yeah. come out. You got to come. <laughs> I want out. to try. So you'll. So we buy it from Dietrich Coffee mm. Roasters up in Sandpoint, Idaho. They're a manufacturer, global, um, and we buy it from from them. Uh, we get it down there. We're trying to figure it out. The owner finds out some nonprofit buys his Razu coffee roaster, and uh, he decides to come down and <laughs> yeah. visit. What see is happening? Where it's going. Six months later, he's still mentoring our, was mentoring our kids, and he wouldn't let us release any coffee until it hit his standard. Connected so, to this community, connected to Hutton oh. Settlement, and he uh, and so we we launched in 20, 2021 and uh, started selling coffee via subscription. We did part of Parker, the boy. Part of his plan was he didn't want to have something that there was too much demand that we could we lose quality on. Like if the quantity got too high, he didn't want to lose the quality. My kind of person, all right. And, he, and they and they just and the other piece of it that was huge, and this is a big part of our uh, what we do at Hutton is he wanted a mentoring program. So he wanted somebody younger than him, one year younger that he could mentor, and then somebody two years younger, and then just keep that going, uh, and, and which he did. So we launched successfully. We have a subscription base. It's called Hope Neighborhood Roasters. Hope stands for Hutton Opportunities for Professional Exploration. And it's taken off. Well, if you remember, I said he was going down a wrong track, which included not so good of grades and uh, nothing to qualify to get into the University of Washington. Well, after he does this, it takes off. Uh, the Millwood community knows us well, and it's gone farther past that. But UW learns about it. And... Uh, he ends up applying and getting a UW presidential scholarship, which is a full ride. Wow. And so now he's over there and he's sharing the word about hope to uh, he's in a fraternity and he's just taken off, but his life trajectory was not going that way. And his connection to the purpose and his purpose, is that entrepreneurship spirit and coffee, it, it changed it and it shot him up and we'll be reading big things on the next Starbucks or, uh, whatever he's going to come up with but that's the goal and, and helped in like levi's mission he's like yeah. hey how can i help uh the next generation of kids behind me now there's something that they're uh, they're learning like how to roast coffee that's pretty cool really cool. and the dollars that come back from that too it's like it's incredible and they're all going back in so that's the piece of it they're all going right back into our programs so pretty cool i think one of the that next level of purpose when somebody really name? finds it parker Parker, if you watch this, good for you, man. I cannot wait to hear what you're up to in your life. I'm, I am so proud of the kid. I, yeah, he's, he's one of my own. Um, yeah, so that's the emotional part. I got to go over for family weekend to UW last year, and I took a couple of my boys over to visit with them, and you, you become part of the Hutton family, um, you know, either working there or connected there, and there's just all this pride to see how happy he is and how joyful he is. But one of the things about purpose, I think when, when you discover it and Parker discovered it, is that next level is how do you pass it on? And, and that's what he's doing through his mentorship and, and um, just his love for wanting to see more kids follow his footsteps or at least find their connection or their spot in the world.
That's awesome. As you, you know, explored uh, in your life and reflected, like, do you know your purpose, uh, you know, for being here? I, you know, it's weird. I think we go through phases of our purpose. But one thing that I will tell you that uh, since I've been at Hutton is privilege, privilege is a real deal. I mean, I was the most privileged kid growing up and I didn't know it. And I still didn't think I was privileged. Because well, it's it, relative, right? It's all relative. And I was fortunate. I was blessed. And I had a loving family. But I had all the opportunities these kids don't have. And when you see that firsthand, my three boys, they've got to all see, it's like, wait, hold on. What are they doing at Christmas time? You know, or where are they going at summer when they're coming back from college? Well, we're their family. They're going to be back here. We, they don't get to go home. I mean, those are the kind of questions, basic questions. And, uh, you know, getting a driver's license at Hutton, it's hard. I mean, we're going to support them and get them there, but it's not the same as a, you know, I 16 year old that we're going to be right there. Right. They're going to get their driving hours. We're going to get pay for it. And yeah. The, Cause yeah. How are you going to pay for it? The, where's the car? Like, yep. So I think, you know, back to that purpose, you know, I think I've been different phases based on my self-awareness and, and I'm in one now. It's just, it's, it's, you know, it, it's being able to continue to grow that hope, grow that opportunity, grow that life, just not for our Hutton kids, but the community. I love that. Yeah, that's that is service. Well, what what's in the future for for Hutton? Um, well, actually, let me step back a little bit. I, you were talking about West Valley School District, so I mean, all these kids are school age, so that's got to be a pretty uh, important partnership. Like everyone's connected that way. Yeah. What other kind of partnerships uh, to the Hutton settlement? I heard uh, from our executive producer uh, Dana Devine that uh, Walt Worthy helped uh, you know build some stuff out there too. Yeah. yeah. Tell us about well, that. I touch, yeah. Thanks, Dana, for reminding. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a just, it's a fun, another fun story. Let me go to that West Valley School District piece yeah. first, though. Um, for 104 years, they've been alongside, and and it, when I say alongside, they are there. They know we're going to have some tough kids. They know that first year when they're going through uh, rediscovery and finding themselves, and they are going through those tough behaviors. They know that that's going to happen, but they welcome them with open arms and. And they know they have the support on our side. It's going to take a team to get through that. And it's unbelievable when you have that partnership. It's of, and that one's of trust. That one's of commitment, dedication. Uh, and, and it's powerful. But that's a big part of our transformation process for these kids is that educational commitment. Now on to another great partnership. So back in 2019, we celebrated our 100th year. Okay. Because big of our, year. Oh, a huge year. It was fun. We got to do a lot of celebrating. Uh, but one of the things we thought what we need, what we needed, we knew what we needed is our cottages were original electric, original plumbing, no air conditioning, um, outdated bathrooms, kitchens, and we needed to, to do an update. Yeah, especially but, with the changing uh, regulatory environment. And frequent. So we had the bigger rooms and we'd have one kid in a sleeping room. And that's not good for the kid or for us. Uh in, in this situation, we don't fundraise because of our funding model. When you fundraise, you get to tell your story. Right. And you get to share, and you get to brag, and you get to boast, and you try to connect with people. And, and you, so, you know, the awareness is a little higher. In our case, we're the best-kept secret, I think, in Spokane. Outside of skill skin. Outside <laughs> of skill skin. I will, yeah. I, I would agree. And I've joked with Brian on that. Uh, but uh, so we decided to launch into a capital campaign. We don't have a fundraising department. We don't have a fundraiser. Um, You're but, like, all right, we're launching. Here oh. we go. So uh, one of my dear closest uh, co-workers, Jesse Lowry, and I launched into it. And 
our first sit down, we called them visits, was on campus. And we wanted, all we wanted to do is share the impact. What I just, a little bit of what I just shared with you on how these kids are transforming their lives. And uh, it was to Walton Karen Worthy. And uh, within 24 hours, we, we didn't know what we were asking for. I mean, we didn't know if it was a dollar or, you know, a hundred. And uh, within 24 hours after our presentation, he calls up and he says, I, I want to tell you, uh, I'm in. And I'm thinking, ah, great. He said, but I got some contingencies. One, he said, I want to do the whole thing. And it's about $4 million worth. Whoa, you're like, what? And I want my contractor that did the historical Davenport to do the work. Well, we're 100-year-old buildings. You think we're going to get any better than that? Wow, I mean, that was unreal. what a gift. And so $4 million later, it, uh, a scope that didn't shrink, that actually grew each cottage. We had this, you know, we had these goals, the basics we wanted to hit. He went all out. So if you go into one of them, you're going to think you're in the dab. And this is the first meeting? First one, one. So I'm one for one. We're one, <laughs> Jesse and I are one for one. And I'm like, we got to end right there. I'm, gonna, I'm batting 100. I, it's impossible. And I'm going to take it. Uh, but... Um, was the right story, right person. Oh, it's just, and, you don't know wow. though. And, and amazing heart. Uh, he and his wife did amazing things for for the community, and this was another opportunity, f- you know, for a little more of the Walt and Karen Worthy legacy. And he saw it, and he wanted to be part of it. Uh, so that was cool. That's a very cool story. So they, uh, yeah, we updated all the cottages, and that rolled into some momentum where we were able to raise more money, and then updated our administration building. And then right now we're in the process of uh, trade, uh, building an addition to where our business office will be in a boardroom. So the campus grows. It's everyone's going to be together. Yeah. Yep. Amazing. And one of the things, so one of the, you asked the question about what's next. And so one of the dreams that uh, we have on campus is we are very uh, intentional with our 18 to 24 year olds. So when that class of five graduated last year. Is that like when I, we hear about like aging out of the mm-hmm. system? Is that that time frame? Typically funding stops because mm-hmm. and they age out of the system and they're left on their own. Um, what we've done is we've shifted and we are we have a case load now that includes up to 24 so that 18 to 24 years old we're, we're staying in touch with them some of them might be living back on campus uh, if they stub their toe they have an opportunity to come right back we'll be there to help find housing to find um, transportation find employment um, to, to, to be there like your family like like I was blessed to have and I did stub my toe more than once and needed my parents um, so that's a big part of it one of the things I want to do is 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 grow that, um, and and we invest in commercial real estate. But I would love for Hutton to purchase a, an apartment building, and or build one, and have housing that we could have, say, subsidized, you know, based on some levels of of commitment and dedication by uh-huh. the kids. But but they're going out now trying to find you know places to live that you can't. I mean, it's, it's impossible with the price of rent. Yeah, market cost, rate is astronomical right now so Especially the hope, you're just starting off yeah no you it, and it's yeah, i look at it through their eyes and they think it's impossible so then what next where do they go i kind of see this as like the helpful parent too like it's just you know you're not saving anybody you're just creating another opportunity like you know are they gonna i remember my parents my first place i ever bought um, you know, I had my down payments. I had that ready to go, but I didn't have enough money to replace the carpet and it was not great. And they just, you know, that was their little gift to me that, that help. And if, you know, Hutton was able to make some, you know, a little less than market rate, yeah. uh, apartments, mm-hmm. that's that, that's that gift. That's, I just see it. 
It's awesome. That, that's so. Well, that's thank you, parents. Of, yeah, that carpet was nice. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I had my I think my parents <laughs> helped me out on on uh, things with my house. But yeah, so that'd be one. Um, and to be able to, to really find stability for these kids um, as they go out there and expand it past the Hutton, um, you know, community and, and into the Spokane community and partnering with, you know, the foster, um, you know, foster programs that are out there, uh, you know, safety net and so forth to where we can have that set up. And we're benefiting more than, you know, just our community, but the Spokane community. Um, and ultimately, it helps with a, some bigger things in, in our society. Absolutely. Well, I, I love that. So, Chud, how can our listeners get involved? Uh, are you taking on new customers for coffee? Can they go to oh, the yeah. website? Okay. Yep, yep. I, I appreciate asking. Yeah. That's the business side of you. <laughs> um, HuttonSettlement.org is our website. Uh, and uh, on there, you'll find it's a hope the Hope, Co- Hope Neighborhood Roasters, uh, and there's a page on that. And you can you can buy one bag, you can subscribe. Um, we'll also be at Farmer's Market, so we're at the Millwood Farmer Market, Farmer's Market, the Valley Farmer's Market. Um, we partner with West Valley School District. We did a West Valley blend. Nice. Um, and so we do that through their DECA program and provide coffee to the teachers. Uh, so it's great opportunities. But, yeah, back to our website, you'll find Hope, and we'd love, love to have you test it out and try it out but i'm gonna have you out you need to i'm come ready out. Yep. Okay. all right commitment got, right here so parker's plan included <laughs> uh taking an old fruit drying hut because we were back in our day we were you know full farm uh-huh. so we had a so orchards orchards yeah yeah and agriculture livestock but on the orchard side we had a, a hut for drying the the fruit and uh over time it's repurposed itself a few times but this parker saw it and saw something we didn't see and he turned it into the most hippest coolest vibe uh little coffee shop uh where they're roasting coffee and if you like the smell of coffee you're never going to leave there it is cool so you'll see the kids up there studying and we have an espresso machine up there it's 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 awesome well i can't wait for my visit absolutely well chud anything else you want to uh you know leave with our listeners we know how to get connected we know how to get involved we're all going to be following hut and settlement seeing how we can uh, help yeah. Anything else for us? No, I if if if, if, I, if get on that website and if you you know a listener has any interest, you know find me and my contact info and I love giving tours. It's my favorite part. And summertime's right around the corner. Kids won't be at school, so they'll be on campus all the time. A little tougher on the house parents, uh, but summertime's a good time for a tour. Awesome. Chud, thank you for sharing. Yeah, we just can't wait to see uh, how Hutton Settlement expands. Great. Thank you, Steve. Thank I really you. appreciate it.